Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 15, it says this. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You may be seated. Our Father, God, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, we're, we're honored, we're thankful, we're privileged. God, what an opportunity we have here tonight. God, help us to make the best of it and the most of it. Lord, not to take these times for granted, but Lord, we appreciate you tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for this service. We're thankful, Lord, for these folks that come so faithful. We're thankful for the young people that are here tonight. We're thankful for your spirit that we've witnessed in person here tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us. God, that you'd preach through us the message. God, that you would teach us and show us and teach us how to preach tonight. God, we need you. You know our needs, God, and we're asking for your help tonight. In order for us, one here that has a burden, one here that has a need, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd meet them right where they're at. And God, that they'd find the help that they need in you. And Father, we just thank you. We give you glory and honor and praise. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, we know tonight that Solomon... Uh, wrote the book of Proverbs. We know that King Solomon, David's son, had had wrote the the book of Proverbs. And you know Solomon in his in his own name he is uh, it, he is called a man of peace or a, a man of wisdom. And we know that a proverb is simply this: it's a short saying that contains truth or sound advice or words of wisdom. It's something that could be inspiring it's something that can correct us or, or or instill something into us but and you know when when you think about it you you think about Solomon and and how that Solomon was not a perfect man by no means no stretch of the imagination Solomon was not perfect if if God chose to use perfect people you know he'd never use not a one of us do you realize that because last time I checked there was only one man that was perfect and that was the Lord Jesus Himself. And every one of us is going to come up short. And we're going to fall. And, and we're going to fail. But you know, you can look back down and, and you can read and see where Solomon had utterly made a mess of things. He had failed and uh, at diff- different things. And uh, even when he built, when he built the, uh, the temple, different things that he had done. And he, I think he took of the, the treasury of the church and built his own built him an own, his own uh, home there or whatever. But, but different things, I think he, he even, if you read and study the life of Solomon, I think he killed, what is it, it was his half-brother because he thought that he might come up and overthrow him as king. But different things that Solomon done, no doubt, that, that he, was not, he was not perfect by no stretch of the uh, imagination. But, but you know, uh, I thought about this, you know, Solomon was supposedly the wisest man that ever lived next to the Lord Jesus. And but I, I wonder about that. You know, and you think about how Solomon had three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines. Could you imagine having a thousand mother in laws? I'm just not so sure about that, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Solomon evidently was the wisest man that ever lived. But but you know, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something here. Uh, about Solomon when you look in verse number or about the writings of Solomon when you look in verse number 15 he he gives us a warning there and I like this proverb when you read it it said the rod and reproof give wisdom 
Now there's a flip side to that. If, if we use the rod and we use it for the, for the right way, then it's going to bring wisdom. That's what he's telling us. That's what God's Word is telling us. But there's a flip side to that. If we do not do this, and notice what happens. It says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bring his mother to shame. So that tells me that if we do not correct our children, if we do not uh, punish our children when they need punished, if we do not guide and counsel and direct our children in a right way, there's going to come a time when they're going to embarrass us later on in life. You think about it. That's what God's Word is telling us, right? That they're going to bring shame upon their mother. They're going to bring shame upon the home. So I, you, you, And you think about... You think about Solomon, and, and though he wasn't a perfect man, though he wasn't uh, someone that was perfect, but I believe this, I believe Solomon had been a few miles down the road. I believe Solomon had seen a few things, and I believe that we can learn from the writings of Solomon. I believe we can take his words that were inspired, no, let, no doubt, by the Holy Ghost of God, and we can learn from the writings of Solomon. And I just want to say this, Young people, listen tonight. When you hear or when you see and you hear these elderly saints that stand up and tell of what the goodness of God has done in their life and they go back and recall things that God had done in their life that nobody else can ever do, you know what we ought to do? We ought to listen, put our ears on and listen. And I believe that we can learn from these older saints within the house of God. It thrills my heart to hear Brother Bob Jenkins get up and testify. It thrills my heart to see Sister Faye Lowe get up and testify in the house of God. And you know what? Miss the ones that aren't able to do that no longer. I think about Brother Noble as he'd get up and, and testify and some of the older ones and, and other ones. And Wilma, when she, and you know what? Wilma should just stand up and start singing, would she not? My goodness, you think. And how we miss those, and if we're not careful, we'll take those people for granted. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, the, 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 the younger generation will overlook that. But I want to encourage you tonight, young people, listen, listen. When them elderly people get up and say something, we ought to listen, because I believe that we can learn from those things. Now, I believe this tonight. I believe that there are different ways that, that we can parent a child or, or our children. And you know, when you think about, uh, about this, this verse of Scripture that we read tonight, I want to focus simply on the latter part of it where it said this, But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And I want to think about that just for a little bit tonight. I, I don't intend to be long. Lord willing, we'll be done here in just a few moments and, and we'll get out of the way. But I want you to think about a child left to himself. You know, that tells me that there's nobody available. That tells me that, there, that there's no guidance, there's no instruction, there's, there's no one there to teach that individual, that, that young person right from wrong, and, and to say, hey, wait a minute, that, you're going to get hurt when you do that. You should not do this or do it this way, or whatever it may be. That tells me that when that person is left to themselves, and, and a younger person at that, they don't have understanding. And we'll see that here in just a minute, Lord willing. But I believe this today. I believe that it's up to me to teach my children. And it's up to you to teach your children. And I believe it's a high responsibility. It's a great responsibility for me to instruct my children in the, ways of, the, the right ways to go. Now, you think about, I, I believe 
I believe this tonight. I believe there's some things that we can see, I believe, from uh, the book of Proverbs that will teach us and show us and maybe help us on how to instruct and, and direct our children and guide our children. But, you know, I thought, I thought, that, I thought about this. You know, I, do you understand and realize that the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter number 17 and verse number 6? It says, The glory of children are their fathers. Do you understand and realize that there are 70 per, 70% of the children today don't even have a father, don't even know who their father figure is in their life? And do you know that another 9% of, the, of, of children, a, a total of 79% of children, 70 don't even know or don't even have a father figure in their life? And then there's another 9% that are raised by their grandparents. You think about the struggles that the children are facing today. But, but you know, that tells me, it says the glory of the children are their fathers. That tells me that I believe, that I believe as a father, I ought to be as close to God as I possibly can because my children are looking to me. I believe that they're following after me. And let me just say this, it's my responsibility, it's my duty as the man of the house to be the spiritual leader at 119 Grant Drive. Hey, I don't shun that. Hey, it's a high it's a high responsibility to me. I don't shun that thing and and push that thing off on somebody else, but when it comes down to it, right here's where the where the problem lies and right here's where the fingers are going to be pointed if, if, if I fail or if something goes wrong. There's something that we have to do as a parent in leading and guiding our children spiritually when it comes to the things of the spiritual realm. Now you think about this. I, I, I understand that you look around and, and it don't take long to realize that when you look and see the, this generation coming up today. A lot of people will call them lazy and they're no good and, and, and they don't want to work. They don't want a responsibility. And I believe a lot of those things are true. But you think about this. When the Bible says, but a, but a child left to himself, that tells me that it's not their fault that that child was left over there to himself. That tells me that the parent pushed the child away and then turned their back and neglected it. Let me just say this. I believe the responsibility lies right here. And it, it lies on us as the adults and as the parents to these children. It's not their fault that they've been left alone. Now, you think about this. I thought, you know, that those... Those young people, they're, they're coming up and, 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 it, and it looks as though there's a generation coming up that don't want to work and they're lazy. And, and I believe that. But you know, I believe this as well. I believe that there's some things that at times in, in a young person's life, and I want to get in uh, to just a few things here in just a moment and point out a couple other things from the book of Proverbs. I believe that we can learn and, and take something home with us here tonight in hopes that we might be able to help ourselves with our children if you will, but but you know, I thought about this as as a as a parent. Just because now you think about this as a parent, just because your your son has hair under his arm, 
or just because that your daughter is developing a little bit doesn't mean that we back off and, and let them loose and let them have and, and, and let them make their own decisions. I believe this just because just because that, that, that young man and my goodness I look at the kids today and, and, and it seems like before they're twelve and thirteen years old they're twice the size as I am, but you know they may have the body of a twenty five year old, but they've got the mind of a twelve and a thirteen and a fourteen year old. It's the same way with the with the young ladies. They may have the have that body of a twenty year old or a twenty one year old, but they've still got the mind of that child. And I believe it's our responsibility as parents to lead and guide and direct our children. And and I believe this tonight. I believe that there's some things, some areas that are in a young person's life that it's... Let me just say it like this. It was my responsibility to teach Andrew. And it was my responsibility to teach Annabeth. And I believe as a parent, I believe it's our responsibility to teach our children. Let me just say this. I'm not going to rely on the educational system to teach my children some of these things. They'll have them to believe that they they walked up out of a pond of scum somewhere dragging their knuckles and they evolved into what we are today. And I don't want no part of that in my family's life. And I know you've heard me sing that song before. I'm no kin to the monkey. And the monkey's no kin to me. I don't know about your ancestors, but mine didn't swing from a tree. I want you to think about this. If you go back and you look in Proverbs chapter number 7, you'll find that there was a fine young man there. I believe he was a good man. I believe he was a fine man. I believe he was was an outstanding young man. But the Bible says, I want you to look. If you want, you can flip over with me in Proverbs chapter number 7. Number seven, and I want you to look in verse number seven. The Bible says that that I believe that this man was, I believe he was lured out, and I believe he was seduced, if you will, by a harlot woman, a woman of the night, if you will, a woman of the streets. Now, notice what it says. It, it says it says this in verse number seven in in Proverbs chapter seven in verse number seven. It says, "And behold, among the the simple ones, I discerned among the youths." A young man, notice these next words, void of understanding. That tells me that nobody taught that young man right from wrong. That tells me that he did not have a daddy to set him down and tell him that God made a man and God made a woman and God made a man for a woman and God made a woman for a man. And let me say this, anything else outside of that is perversion. Let me just say this, it's supposed to be one man and one woman joined together in holy matrimony for one lifetime. And I believe that. I believe that marriage is something sacred. And we have done nothing short of perverted it and absolutely made a mess of it today. You think of where we're at and what we've got ourselves into when uh, two men can stand and, and get married. I don't even call it a marriage. I'll just be quiet. I don't even look at it as a marriage. It's not marriage to me. I know what God defined marriage as, and that's what I consider to be marriage. One man and one woman. Now you think about this. I believe that I believe that it's up to me to talk about the sexual purific- purification of our children. 
And, and like I said, I, it, it's, it's not up to the educational system. It's not up to the government. But I believe the responsibility lies right here on me. And I believe as a parent, it relies, it relies on you as well. But you know, you think about this. It, it's still okay for a young lady in 2022 to be a virgin when she gets married. And let me just say this, it's the same way for a young man. We ought to keep ourselves holy and pure unto that day. And let me say this, any type of sexual activity outside of marriage, it has always been sin, and it will always be sin. You think about that, how important it is, how important it is that I believe that we teach our children. And you, and you know, today... Today we might say, well, we're, we're not, we, we ain't supposed to talk to our children about sex. But you know what? If we don't, somebody else will. I promise you that. It won't take long. These, te- these teenagers get out here. They get to be 12 and 13 and 14 years old. And, and they got these phones. And who knows who they're talking to and, and, and what they're doing on them. You know what? It's up to me. I, let me just say it like this. At 119 Grant Drive, and I done mention, I'm, I'm the... I'm the the spiritual, supposed to be the spiritual leader over there. And if Annabeth sleeps in my bed over there, now she got her bed upstairs, but it's mine in her bedroom. Her bedroom's mine. Her phone's mine. I'm responsible for that. Same way goes with Andrew. Andrew will be 20 years old here in just a few weeks, but you know what? I don't care if he's 30 years old and still living in that, in that house over there at 119 Grant Drive, but he's still going to abide by Daddy's rules. And let me just say this. I know this. If something would happen, I'd have to go back and, and stay with my mommy and daddy on Little Creek uh, up, up the river there near Shillian. You know what? I would have to abide by mommy's and daddy's rule. No doubt about it. But I believe it's our responsibility as parents to keep track of our children and the things that they get into. And, and you know, they're growing up too fast and with the things that they can see and the things they can get a hold of and what they're exposed to. They're growing up too fast. And not only that, too many children are raising themselves. You think about it, a child left to himself. Are you listening? Can you hear me? I'm preaching here. All right. Notice this in Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse number 11. You can look over there with me if you want. Won't be much longer, I promise you. Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse number 11. I believe this. I'm glad to get out of that. I'll just be honest with you. That, that's a little uncomfortable, but uh, I believe it's needed. I believe we need to, we need to hear that. and uh, Maybe you'll benefit from it. I don't know, but I believe I've given you what the Lord's given me. But Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 11, notice what it says. It says, Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. You know what I think we need to do as parents? Teach our children to work. Teach our children that a good day's hard work never hurt nobody. My daddy, I've heard my daddy say this multiple times and many times when we were, now now we worked, daddy made us work when we were growing up. I, I think I've told you about the time he looked down on that hillside up Little Creek, and it was a matted mess, grape vines and multiple roses and 
honeysuckle. It was a matted mess. He said, I'm going to put a garden on that hill. And I thought I was probably 10 or 11 years. I don't know how old I was, but I thought this man's crazy. This man's crazy. And it wasn't long we got down there and we was cutting and we was scraping and digging and pulling and, and piling. We had piles of uh, brush down there and you could see it burning from miles away, seemed like. And it wasn't long we were tilling the ground and raking rocks. That place was the rockiest ground I'd ever seen in my life. We raked mountains and truckloads of rock down off of that hill. And it wasn't long we were turning over the ground and putting seed in the ground. Daddy made us work. And it never hurt not, not a one of us. Maybe a blister or two, but you know, I've got, they've, they've done calloused over. How many of you have got calluses? <laughs> but I believe, I believe we ought to teach our children we ought to get a job. And we ought to go to work. And, and, and this, this generation that seems like they're entitled to everything coming and going... They'll just sit back and say, well, it, it's coming to me anyhow. I deserve it. I earn, I, I, it, 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 I earn or I deserve it. You know, I, and I believe that we're, we're teaching them the wrong ways by handing them everything and handing them everything. But I believe every now and then we ought to get out and earn it and deserve it. And you know, I thought that my dad always said, he said a, a hard day's work and a cold glass of water would knock you over dead. Might be something... something uh, to that, but but you know, I believe that we ought to teach our children to work. And I believe that a, a 16, 17, 18 year old kid, I believe they ought to be somewhere working. And I know they've got school, and I'm I, and I know that there's there, there's responsibilities there. But I'm I mean through the through the summer months, I believe they ought to be out working somewhere. I can remember when from the time I was old enough to drive. I got out and I bought me a lawnmower and a weed eater and I went out knocking on doors and handing out flyers and it wasn't long. I had about 40-some yards that I was cutting a, a week and keeping up with them. And, and it, I mean, it, it made a big difference. Daddy taught us to work. And you know, I can say this today. I am who I am today because Daddy taught me to work. And it never hurt me not one bit to get out in the heat and to work and to do the things that Daddy taught us. You know, I thought about this. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse number ten, it says, "If any would not work, neither should he eat." And you know, I think that would take care of the welfare system around here. If we would get back to the to that right there, you know what? I believe we'd all be a lot better off. Get out and, and do our share. Let's pull our weight and then some. Teach our children to work. You know. The children today don't appreciate. They don't appreciate things. They don't appreciate money. You can hand it to them and hand it to them and, and they'll lose it and it don't mean nothing to them. But you know what? If they got out here and earned it a little bit and, and, and by the sweat of their brow, get out here and lunge around a little bit trying to make a dollar and then see what it's like, maybe they'd learn to appreciate things. Somebody asked me one time, well, when did you quit squealing the tires on your truck? When Daddy stopped paying for them. When I had to go buy them myself. Absolutely. But I believe, I believe we ought to teach our children to work. It, 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 it never hurt, hurt not a one of us. But I, I look back to the times, and you know what? Those times were simple. I look back to, you don't know how many times I'd like to walk off a bridge somewhere down there in Barbersville and go grab me a lawnmower. And go back to pushing the lawnmower. Simple. Miss it. I'll just be honest with you. I miss it. Miss those days. But you know, I believe there's something wrong 
when there's a teenager living at home and mommy and daddy's having to cut the grass and take out the trash and do things around the house. You know, I believe that we ought to teach our children. My dad always said it like this, too. He said every now and then we ought to break their plate. In other words, get them out. Get them out and, and get them a job out here that they might earn something. And when they come in, they'll appreciate what, what mommy has put down on the table. Now you think about this. I'll be done here in just a moment. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6. Proverbs 22 and 6. Notice what it says. Very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know what I believe? I believe this. I believe that we ought to invest in our children. First and foremost, I believe that we ought to train them in the ways of God. I believe we ought to bring them up in the house of God. I believe, we ought to, I believe they ought to see our faithfulness. I believe that a child ought to look at you and know that every time it's church time, every time the doors are open, they ought to know that an hour or two before church time, they ought to see things happening over at the house. Mommy and Daddy's getting ready for church. They ought to know that at church time, we're going to be in church. And we ought to be faithful in going to the house of God. And we ought to be faithful in studying and reading it and, and, and let our children uh, take notice that we're opening up our Bible and reading and studying our Bible and let them see us every now, now and then on our knees in prayer. And I believe it will do our children a lot of good. And I believe we ought to invest in our children. But not only that, I believe, I believe in, the, in the physical. You think about this. Not every child is, is the same. They're, each child is different. And we ought to take notice of that and see their weaknesses and see their strengths and, and be able to help them when they're weak and, and show them and, and encourage them and, and lift them up and show them maybe a different way to, to help them out and whatever it may be. But I believe we ought to know our children. We ought to learn them and watch them and, and teach them and give them help and, and instruct them and, you know, and, and, and teach them. I believe this, and I done mentioned, but I believe we ought to, ought to teach them a skill and show them. It, I think it's absolutely important. I look and see that, look and see children today, and you know, you can see that generation coming up, and it's a, and, it, and it worries me. But you know, I I wonder, I wonder where's the parents? You know, where where are the parents in this? If if they're leaving their children alone, this is what we're going to expect, and this is what we're going to look forward to in the near future. But you know, I want to share this with you and I'll be done. I thought, you know, parenting is, is challenging, to say the least. Uh, seemed like it got a little bit better. Some of you got a dozen children and maybe it seemed like it gets better and better. But that first one, you know, you, you worry about them and you pray for them. Pray for all of our children, but but it just seemed like the first one was was more difficult than than the others. But you know, they're a gift from heaven, a gift from God, and they come without an instruction manual. But I believe we got everything we need right here into teach teaching our children, into raising our children. And, and you know, I done mentioned that, that, that it bothers me to think that there's 70% of the children today that, 
does not have a father figure in their life. And then another 9% on top of that are raised by their, by their grandparents. You think about when a child gets up in the morning. What's on their mind? And how maybe they got big ideas and ready to go conquer the world, but it's not long, you know, that they're faced with the world and the struggles and the challenges that we face in this life on a daily basis. And the odds are stacked against them. When you go out here and you look and see what the world has to offer. So I believe at very best we ought to take interest in our children and the well-being of our children and, and teach them the ways of God and teach them the ways of the Bible and instruct them in those ways. And, you know, and, and, and every now and then, you know, there's going to be times when no matter what, when it comes down to it, that child has to make a decision for themselves. You may do everything right as a parent. I, I believe this. I believe there's going to be times when we've failed as parents, failed as daddies and failed as mommies, messed up, made mistakes, should have done it this way. But you know, I, I thought about when it comes right down to it, ultimately that child, when, they come, when it comes to that time, that they have to make a decision for themselves. They have to make that choice for themselves. And they may choose to rebel. They may choose to turn, your, turn their back on you and run and, 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 and run astray, if you will. But you know what? You can say this with a clear conscience. If we've raised them in the ways of God and, we, and we've brought them to the house of God, we can say with a clear conscience, well, they didn't do that at home. You think about that and how important that is. And I thought this, I thought about this, and I'll be done. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 2. And this is God speaking. He says, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. And I thought today, how many of us has simply rebelled against God at a time or two? And you think about the perfect Father, the perfect Heavenly Father. And let me just say this, He has never messed up. He's never made a mistake. But every now and then, one of His children will decide to rebel and decide to turn away and run astray. And it's going to be inevitable at times that our very best as parents, there's going to be times maybe when our children decide but they don't want to go by mommy and daddy's rules. They want to, don't want to live and, and do the things of mommy and daddy. But we can have that hope that just like the Bible said there in, in 22 and verse number 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old it will not depart from him. That tells me that no matter, no matter where that child goes, he'll have it. He'll have that instilling in him, and he'll think back to the times when mommy and daddy had him in church and and made him be faithful to the house of God.